family and I just uh, got back from a little vacation, and uh, just a few days ago, I was on a ski lift going up uh, to up this mountain. There was a guy named John sitting next to me, and and uh, I said to John, I asked him where he lived, and he said, "I live right here." And I said, "Wow, it's a beautiful place. Have you ever been to the mountains? It's so beautiful. Colorado is so beautiful." And I said, uh, "Well, golly, man, do you have a?" do you have a faith in God living here in such a beautiful place? And, and he said to me, oh, he goes, I'm, I'm agnostic. He goes, I grew up in church, and he goes, and I, I got frustrated with uh, the people I went to church with because I, I would see them in church on Sunday, and then uh, I'd watch them live throughout the week, and it just, I just don't believe in that. And I thought to myself, you know, I, we had a great talk going up, and, and uh, it's funny to see people's reaction when they finally say, well, what do you do? I try not to tell them uh, because cause when I say, well, I'm a pastor, they're like, oh, great. You know, it's always fun. But, um, um, but you know, the, the church is really supposed to be heaven on earth, right? I mean, think about it. We're going to be in heaven together. We're, we're, we've got the same Father. We, we, have, we are a people that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, and he's guiding us, and he's speaking to us. He's growing us. We, we all have love for each other, and, and we're supposed to be a paradise on earth, right? I mean, but often that doesn't work out, does it? You know, because we're people, Right? And people, when people come together, people have problems. And we are just a, we fall short of this reality that we're the, we're, we're perfect people. And this guy said to me, John said to me, we're, oh, there's just a bunch of hypocrites. And, I, you know, I got to have a talk with him a little bit just on that lift ride and hopefully was somewhat of a witness to him. But, you know, when I think about um, the church, I'll never forget one of the first business meetings that I was in as a staff member, and I'll never forget this. I was young, Robin and I were just married, and I'm in this business meeting, and, and uh, we spent 45 minutes in this church business meeting arguing over altar flowers. And, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to people being like angry and screaming and I'm thinking to myself, and, I, and I'm sitting there as a young youth minister. I was 22 years old. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, people are going to hell in this town. And here we are, God's people, fighting over altar flowers. And I almost stood up and said something. And I, it's probably good that I didn't at that time. I don't know if I was wise to keep my mouth shut or just or just young and, and afraid. I don't know. I, I've wrestled about that moment for a long time. But, but I said to the Lord, Lord, I, I, as I went through that experience, and, and I watched the Lord move in that church, but, but we were known in the community for fighting with one another. And I, and I said, Lord, I, as long as you give me influence and as long as you give me breath, I will do everything I can to make sure that, that the church that you allow me to lead, the, 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 the place you allow me to serve, that we will be focused on the Great Commission. Matthew 28 is the Great Commission where Jesus said, said this. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit, Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things 
And Lord, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And I believe that as we as a church stay focused on the gospel, that, that we will make a difference where we're planted. And the reality is God has planted this church here. God has planted us here, and if we do our job, then, then we will carry on, and the ministry here will carry on well beyond all of us. And that's the goal. That's the prayer, is that, is that we are faithful stewards of God's work in this place during this time. Now, we've been very complimentary of, of the early church. We're in Acts, and we're in this series called Rooted, and, and we're going to we're going to take a break starting next week, and we're going to kind of take four weeks to focus in on Easter, and then we'll pick back up in Acts after the Easter season. But, but today we're going to kind of wrap up this Rooted series as we look at Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, turn there. And, and, and we've been very complimentary about the early church, and they've, God has been moving in awesome ways, and we've seen it over the last several weeks as we've looked at Acts 1 through 5. And we've seen how the Holy Spirit was at work, and the church was growing, and, and God's, God's people were, were serving one another. They were selling their possessions, and they were doing incredible things. And, and, and in Acts 6, we discover a little problem in paradise. It's the first conflict that arises in the life of the church, and it's important that we as a body learn from this early church experience because God moved, and God helped this church overcome a conflict. And, and you know, when I, when I look at this passage, you've you got to keep in mind that the church has been growing very, very fast. At this point, some scholars admit that, it, that in, by Acts chapter 6, the church has grown to about 25 to 30,000 members. It started with 120, and we looked at that. And, and all these people have been coming to faith in Christ, and now the church has grown to about 30,000 people. And, and in the process of growth, there was a conflict that, that came to pass, came up. And, and, and you know, in every church that's reaching people, they're going to face a battle like this. Every church that is focused on the Great Commission, every church where God's Spirit is moving, uh, there's going to be a challenge to, to stay focused on the main thing. And that's what's going on here. There's going to be a challenge to keep the priorities straight. There's going to be a challenge as we minister to one another. Now, that's what's going on. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Let's stand together and let's read God's Word this morning and allow God's Holy, the Holy Spirit to speak to us and lead us today. Verse 1, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Philip and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and excuse me, Parmenas, Parmenas, and Nicholas, and a proselyte of Antioch. And these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid hands on them. And the word of the God continued to increase 
And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now, you know, when a church is growing, growth tends to produce greater conflict than decline. Have you noticed that? Like when, when the Holy Spirit is moving and when God's Spirit is just, you know, powerfully moving through a church, conflicts are normal. Conflicts take place. And, and, and you know, as our church experiences the hand of God at work, we've got to recognize that conflicts are a reality. Now, if you're following in our notes today, uh, I, I want us to notice point number one today is we should expect conflict when God moves. And then this is what's going on. God is at work. God is moving. And when God moves, every time the Lord moves in the life of a church, we should expect conflict. We should expect that because Satan doesn't like what God is doing. Satan is going to attack us. Satan is going to come against us. And, and, and honestly, if, if you're not battling the enemy, then maybe something's wrong. Have you ever thought about that? Like, if you're not facing difficulty, maybe, maybe you're going in the same direction as that you shouldn't be. You know, and this is re- the reality. It's the, but, but it's the small cracks in the dam that, that really produce the greatest threat, right? And here you have the early church. The, these problems come to the surface. And you see in this passage there's a unity problem. That, that is surfacing. You see a, a racial problem surfacing. Now in our, uh, we, we know that in, in, in Tulsa. Tulsa is known as a city with racial struggles. And, and you know, I, I pray that we are part of that solution. There's, there's a unity problem in the church going on here and we've gotta be praying for the unity of our church. There's a sin problem going on here. There's, there's this uh, gospel witness problem that's taking place. Look at verse verse 1. Now, in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, look at this, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews. You see this sin problem, this temptation to complain. You know, we always, all of us have a temptation to complain. And, and, and you know, if we could, if we chose to look at the negative, we could complain about a lot of things. It's just best not to be a complainer. You see the sin problem, the racial problem going on. The, the Hellenist and the Hebrews are, 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 are struggling. Um, you, see, you see this sin problem. They, they, there's some people being neglected. You know, it's interesting. It says uh, they, they were neglected in the daily distribution. The disciples, were the, the apostles of the church was coming together. They were selling things. They were helping one another. And there was a group in the church being neglected. And so the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples, so he gathered everybody together, and he says, it's not right that we should give up the preaching of the word of God to serve tables. Now, let's look at the people involved, the Hellenists. These were Jews that, that were Greeks that were confer- converted. These were Gentiles. Now, you see this all through the early church, this conflict arising between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, if, if you and I were there in this church, we would be in that Hellenist camp. There are very few Jews in the life of our church. And so, so we would have felt a little bit of the, of the outcasts, the outsiders. 
And, and so that's what kind of what's going on. The Hellenists were, they spoke Greek, they were from Palestine, and, and they lived a Greek lifestyle. And, um, but, but many of them had come to Christ, come to faith in Christ. The Jews, they spoke Aramaic. They were, they were really passionate about their national heritage, and, and they were like the apostles, Jews, and, and they, were, uh, they, they, they felt a sense of pride because of who they were. Now, you see this conflict, the, 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 the apostles come together, and, you know, the right thing to do is say, look, they, we don't want to leave somebody out. We want to take care of people. This was a real problem. I mean, this is a small minority in the church uh, because, you know, we see in 1 Timothy that the responsibility of taking care of widows, but, but it's those widows that didn't have anybody to take care of them. A lot of widows, they were being taken care of by their families. I mean, Jesus was faithful when he was on the cross. He made sure that, that he, we don't, Joseph wasn't there, and, and uh, so he, it's likely Joseph had died, and Jesus made sure that John took care of his mom, right? Remember that? So, so gee, the, the, this was an important thing. To be a widow and to have no one to take care of you was a, was a bad thing. But, but if your mom was needing help, you as a son or a daughter would take care of them. But this was a small group because these were folks that had no one to take care of them. But it kind of rose up. And, and, you know, it's interesting because, the, um, you know, the disciples, the apostles, uh, they're uh, it wasn't, be, they weren't being lazy when they, you hear that, hey, look, we don't have time to do this. We've got to stay focused on the word. I mean, it's easy to think, well, golly, guys, are you not wanting to go help somebody? And that's not what's going on here. Um, they, it's not because they didn't care or that serving tables was beneath them. The disciples were saying something really important. He was like, look, we have a primary responsibility of preaching the word. So we need help here. we got to tackle this problem. Now, now I, want you to, I want us to think about this as a church. This is important for us to, to wrestle with today because God's at work in our church. I mean, think about right now. I mean, we're about to break ground on the, on the mission on Garnett. We're, we're making fast and furious plans to break ground. God is, is expanding the influence of our church. We have 10 acres that we are, we are developing and, and God is going to, is calling us to develop this. As, as the city of Owasso grows, our church is growing with it. You know, and we're, we're expanding. And, and, and this is an opportunity for many of us to serve and share the gospel. And, and I pray that, that, that you consider serving at the mission, especially as, as we expand that ministry. It's an incredible opportunity for us to make a difference where we're planted. Today, right now, Michael Nunn is preaching at Calvary Baptist Church, our new second campus, and, and we're raising up pastors and preachers that are going to be preaching over there in the same passage, and God is expanding our footprint into Tulsa. And, and right now, we're asking for about, we're praying for 75 people starting this June that would go to Calvary and serve, and, and some of you need to be part of that 75 to go and serve at Calvary Baptist Church, our second campus, as, as Rob Lewis begins to, to be the primary preacher there. But every Sunday now, as we come into this passage, there are now two locations studying the same thing and going the same direction. Two locations, two churches coming as one. I mean, God is at work in our church. 
and, and he's doing things in our midst. We're, we're, we, just, we just had 75 students that got back from a mission trip from Guatemala to San Antonio sharing the gospel. You know, we saw some folks baptized from our group in Guatemala. I mean, God's at work in our church. God's moving and God's leading. And, and so it's important that we recognize that conflict is a reality. Conflict is something that, that we're likely to face because Satan doesn't like to see God at work. And, and, and Satan comes against those, those, the work of God. And, and it's important that we are preparing to take our stand against the devil's schemes. And this is important. Now, a couple of years ago, we went through Ephesians. And, and I just want us to point out a couple of things that... that that when, when conflicts come, we've got to deal with them. And this is what's going on. This conflict arose, and it's important to recognize how the disciples, the apostles, came and dealt with that conflict. Now, Ephesians, we studied Ephesians several, a couple years ago, and, and we learned in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another." Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And it is my prayer that as a church that we are focused on saying, Lord, we will never give Satan the opportunity to work in our church. And, and I pray for this. God's word teaches us, and you see the disciples, the apostles doing this, that, that they respond to this conflict directly, quickly, and wisely. And, and when conflicts come, it's important that we respond to it. We don't run away from conflict, and we don't, uh, we don't uh, avoid conflict. And, and I've learned in my marriage, in my life, that, that when conflicts come, it's best just to go face it and respond to it, but you've got to respond to it directly, quickly, and wisely. And this is what the apostles do here. You know, when, when conflicts come, we should choose reactions carefully. And this is something we should do. And I, and I think back of my life and ministry and, and moments of conflict in church. And, and it's always been best when we face those conflicts and we, and we chose our reactions carefully. I, I was grieved in that, in that business meeting, sitting there, watching this conflict unfold. And thinking to myself, boy, we are, we are missing it here. And it's been my prayer and focus to make sure that that, that never repeats itself. And I, I want you to know that I won't may, remain silent ever again in a moment like that. I won't. I can't. And, and we've got to choose our reactions carefully. We've got a third thing. We've got to stay in control when conflicts come. And, and this is important for us to recognize it. And this is what happens. The apostles, they, they did these things. They stayed in control. They, they chose the, their reactions carefully. They didn't say to these widows, oh, you're not important. Come on, suck it up. They didn't say that. They, they dealt with it. Now, look at verse 3. And they, they were so wise here. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. Now, these seven men's, these seven men in this passage, they're not called deacons here, but do you know this is where, this is the forerunner of deacons in the life of a church? And this is where we, you know, deacons is, a, is an important office in our church. This is an office we're trying to grow in the life of our church. 
And then I, I'm praying for this and praying that more men will become deacons in, the, in our body. And, and right here, you see these, these men. The word deacon refers to, uh, it's all through Scripture, and it's this idea of a slave. Yeah, we need more slaves here, you know. But it's the servant. That, that's what it means, a servant. It, it, it's the description of a man that is willing to just serve. And, and this, is, this is a characteristic of all of our leadership. And I pray that we are a church full of people, men and women, that say, God, I will serve you. I, I will just honor you. I'll, I'll, I'll come together and allow you to use me in this body. And this is how the church is, is growing. Now, you see these qualifications of, of these men. You see it right here. They, they, they had a good reputation both within and without and outside the church, inside and outside the church. These are men with a good reputation. They were full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the, the Holy Spirit was in control of their lives. And, and for, for all of us, and this is something I pray that we catch as, a, as individuals, as, as part of this body, that we are a group of people that the Holy Spirit is in control of us. And this is why I'll say all the time, when, when God's Spirit moves us, we should move. And we should listen to the Holy Spirit. We should pay attention to his voice. And, and it's, it's, it's important to recognize that as a follower of Christ, one of the most natural things to do is to hear the voice of God and to respond to his voice. And for us to be a people that say, God, I will move every time you tell me to move. And I will, I will like we're striving together to, to work on our spiritual disciplines as a church. And I hope you join us through our Lent devotions that we're posting on a daily basis. Because, because we're learning to live disciplined lives, consulting the word of God, because God has spoken to us through his word. And, and his Holy Spirit moves you. And it should be one of the most natural things that for you as a, as a Christ follower to be led by the Holy Spirit. And it moves us to be witnesses, to, to speak up about Christ, to, um, you know, it moves me on a, on a ski lift to say to John, well, hey, let me, let me tell you why. Can I, can I tell you why I believe in Jesus? And, and, I, and I just talked about the resurrection. Like we just sang that incredible song, I believe in the resurrection. And, and, and I got to say to him, look, I, I just believe that. And, you know, we didn't, we were going up a ski lift, and so it wasn't like we are like, let's, he didn't want to pray or anything like that. I was just praying that I could be a witness to him. But, you know, the truth is, these men were filled with the Holy Spirit. God was moving in their lives. They, they, were, they were full of wisdom, meaning that they knew God's word and they, they knew how to use God's word. And this is why as a pastor, one of the things that I, I pray that we can do is allow God's word to speak. That, that we are in the word of God. We are all learning to, to understand the word of God, to study God's word and to put it into our lives, put it into practice. And, and these were men that, that knew the wisdom of God. They, these were men that were full of faith. They, 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 were, they were trusting the Lord. And when I think about us as a body of believers, that we are a church that says, God, we will trust you. We will, be, we will take steps of faith. That, and that is stepping out into the unknown. We know what faith is. In Hebrews 11, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain about what we cannot see. And, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we see this. And, and these are, this is who these men were. They were members of the church. And now, there's, there's a lesson that we've got to catch here, point, um, 
Point number two is this. You know, we see this unfolding right in the here that, that we've got to take care of people, but stay focused on reaching the world. Now, now this is what this is the dilemma that's in front of the church right here. That they they had this opportunity to just look inward. And every church has that opportunity. To, they face that temptation just to look inward. Now, now, folks, we've got to take care of one another. And, and I see our church do that all the time. But we also have to make sure that we don't become a church that's focused inward, that we're focused on sharing the gospel. We're, we're focused on... on, on on reaching the world. Look, look at verse 4. He says, but, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This is what the apostles said. They said, look, we've got to be focused on the ministry of the word. They, they needed to keep preaching. They needed to, to stay gospel focused. And this is why as a church, we've got to hear this, that, that we've got to be a church that is, that is gospel focused. And, and it moves us to, to step outside of our comfort zone, like starting a second campus in Tulsa, in an area that is different than Owasso. And, and some of you, God is going to, I want to ask you to pray because God's going to move you to go serve there. It's going to be out of your comfort zone. And then what's going to happen is some people are going to vacate positions here to go serve there, and some of you need to step up and fill those positions here. So see, that's going to be out of your comfort zone. So here's the thing, God is at work, and, and we've got to take care of people, but, but we have to be gospel-focused. And, and, and it's interesting, as, as I think about the apostles' call to, to keep preaching. Now, we know the, the importance of preaching the Word and, and the importance of what happens here on a, on a weekly basis. As, as the Word of God is preached, um, how will people know about salvation if the Word isn't preached? You know, and the apostles understood this. 1 Corinthians 1, 20 and 21 says, Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. You know, when I, when I, when I read that, I'm thinking, great, I, I'm preaching foolishness. You know, it's, it's like I'm, a, I'm, I'm the biggest fool in our church. But I'm called to stand in, in, in my attempt to do my best to preach the word. You know what happens? God takes his word and people are saved. And see, the, the wisest debater of this age can't stand up to even my foolish preaching because of the power of God. And see, people are saved. And this is what the apostles are saying. They said, they said look, um, it's our job to keep preaching. It's our job to keep advancing the gospel. And this is why I pray that, that if you ever leave here, that, that you make sure you go to a church that is advancing the gospel. That you don't go to a church that turns inward, that is self-focused, but you go to a church that is advancing the gospel. And folks, let me tell you something. If we do our job, this church will never die. And it's important for us to make sure that we are passing on a vision to the next generation and helping um, advance the gospel so well that those that come behind us will look at us and go, I'm so glad they did that. You know, I really believe that, that those that come behind us will go, man, I'm so glad 
that those that came before us got that land on Garnett. I'm so glad they expanded into Tulsa. You know, I'm so glad that they did that because the gospel will continue to advance. You know, it's like what we're doing. I'm, I came here as your pastor, and I'm so glad that those that went before me chose this piece of land to build a church. Because, you know, Walmart figured it out that they needed to be next to us, so they built Sam's right next to us. Brilliant of them. You know, I'm so grateful for the decisions of the past that advanced the gospel. And folks, this is what's going on. And see, churches die when they coast on past successes. And I don't want to be a church. I, I, I'm grateful for our past, but folks, we can't live there. We, we can't just live on our past successes. Churches die when methods become more sacred than the message of the gospel. And this is important to understand that, that we are a church that is advancing the gospel. Our methods that work today may not work tomorrow. Well, we, we date our method, but we're married to the message. You get that? That, that we are going to, we'll try different things. And we should be, and I love that about our church, that we're not afraid to try things. And, and even if they don't work out, we'll stop and keep going. I love that about this church. Churches die when methods become more sacred than the message of the gospel. Churches die when minor issues overshadow major priorities. And this is what happens when churches die and churches struggle. And we see this unfolding right here, that the apostles are, are continuing to advance the gospel. Now, um, uh, they chose these seven men. They laid hands on them. It's the forerunners of deacons. And, and they put them to work. Now, now, there's something I thought was so interesting. And I want you to notice verse 5. And, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. Did you see that? And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to look at Stephen after Easter and, and look at how this, this layman that, that stood, and, and he was the first martyr for the faith. And, and man, he, he preached the gospel in a powerful way. And, and you see Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and, and, and Timon oh, and Par Parmenas. And, and, and I want you to notice Nicholas. You know who Nicholas is? A lot of people believe that in Revelation 2, it talks about the Nicolaitans. Nicholas started out well, but then those that followed him got off track. In Revelation 2, it says that, that Jesus talks about the Nicolaitans, and he says, I hate them. Don't follow them. See, you can start well and get off track. And that's why it's important that, that you recognize that. I think that's interesting. Um, and in and, and verse 6, they sat before the apostles and they prayed and laid hands on them. And, and what's interesting about all these men, these were Hellenistic Jews. They, they got the Jews together. And, and what's incredibly wise of the apostles, all the apostles, they were Jewish. And, they, and they, they were the ones that had so much authority. They had been with Jesus, and what they said made a huge difference, and, and it mattered. And, and, and they were so wise in saying, look, we're going to put these, these Greeks, we're going to put our hands on them and bless them, these Greeks. So wise of them to do that. They, they, so what they did is they, they gathered all the people together. This is the reason why I believe in a congregational church, that, that, uh, um, that you should be involved in the decision-making. 
That's what the apostles did. They got all the people together. This is a big meeting. And, and they got them all together, and, and, they, and they stayed focused on sharing the gospel, and they shared the responsibility. Now, point number three I want us to catch as we, as we wrap up is that, is that solving problems together enables a church to impact their community. That, that when we come together as a congregation and when we tackle problems together, now, there's wise ways we do that. I mean, we don't vote on every decision in the life of our church, but we, we do this. We appoint people in leadership positions and, and ministry teams, and, and we have a church council that, that, that comes from the body of our church that are, that are a combination of staff and laymen in the life of our church that, that, that are godly leaders, that if, if, if all of our staff were killed tomorrow in a car wreck, our church would not be leaderless. You know, we have ministry teams that are, that are governing our church with our finance team, our personnel team, and, and our missions team, and, and we have lay people on those teams. And, and, and you know, I want to encourage you, if you're ever asked to serve on one of those, that you, you do that. We have all kinds of ways in our Bible study groups to take care of one another's needs. And you see this unfolding. They, they solve problems together, and, and when we come together unified, Folks, we'll make a difference where we're planted. And here's the deal. God has called us to be a church that grows where we are planted. God has planted us here, has called us to be here. And this is why if you're not a member of our church or, or you're looking for a church home, and then, then pray about coming a part, being a part of us and serving with us because, you know, there, there are some good uh, churches that preach the gospel around us, and I'm grateful for those men, and I, I believe in those men. But, but you know, God has called, the church has grown way past 25,000. And God in all his wisdom, some people look at all the different churches around and go, oh, see, you guys can't get along. But what I, when I see all the different churches around, I think, God, you're so smart. You are so smart. Because I have a friend that is a pastor at a charismatic church, and, and I don't connect with that. That's a little bit, I don't, I don't have as much rhythm as they do. And it makes me uncomfortable. And there are a lot of people that will, come here and go, man, you guys, come on, I got to go there. And God bless you, go there, serve the Lord there. But see, God is so smart that he has planted his church everywhere to reach the most number of people for the gospel. Now, here's what I pray, that we make good decisions as a church. You know, there's a couple things I want to point out real quick is that, is that everyone has a role to play. And you see this. The disciples unfold this. Everybody has a role to play. Uh, you know, I think about we're responsible to build a good reputation inside and outside our church. You know, it's important that we don't build a reputation in this community that we fight. Like, like Ch Chad said earlier, we should be an example to the world of how we solve problems. We should be an example to our children, setting the example for them of how to lead in a church. You know, we're responsible for our reputation. Our church body is already equipped to handle every problem we'll face. Do you know that? That we are already equipped to handle any problem. You know, all the church was, was in agreement here. They, they, they thought it was a good idea. Now, I, I'm sure that they weren't unanimous, but they were unified. You know, being unanimous is unlikely, 
But unity is a commandment for us. We won't always be unanimous. But let me tell you something. We should always be unified. I learned a great lesson from my grandfather who died when I was one years old. But I, I would always ask about him. And Les Wall was a, 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 he was a pastor's man. He was a layman, and he loved his pastors. And South Lindsay Baptist Church got together, and they said, we're going to build a gym. And that was back in the day when the church got together and built the thing, okay? Now we have laws and things that don't permit that and lawsuits. But, but the, my grandfather led the charge of, I want to build this gym out of cinder block. But he got outvoted. And they, they, built, they decided to build the gym out of metal. And he was like, I don't, he made a great argument. Don't do that. I don't want to do that. Well, he lost. Well, on the Saturday that they were going to start construction, my grandpa was the first one there to say, let's go, boys. Let's build this thing. And I thought, I thank the Lord for a grandfather like that that said, you know what? Hey, I'm part of this church, and we're going to get this done, even if it's not in the exact way that I thought it should be. It's okay. You know, um, and this is what I learned from this passage, and I learned from those that have gone before me, that we ought to get behind faithful leaders. You get that? Faithful. And this is who we got to be. Leaders that are faithful. Look at verse 7, and we're going to be through today. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. I mean, God, God used this. It was a conflict, and, and God continued to advance the gospel. People were being saved. But notice this. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Do you see that? The priests were the ones that were the Jewish priests that, that were, were against Jesus, that, that, that had persecuted him. But they watched the church come together, and they're like, I've never seen anything like that. Whoa. You know, these were leaders that probably had faced conflict and, and difficult moments, and, and they watched and what's interesting is, is they, they saw and heard reports of the resurrection and, and they saw all this, but, but when they saw the church resolving conflict, that's what threw them over the top to say, I, he's real. God can do that. I'm following him. We're called to make a difference in this place. If you're not a member of our church and you've been coming, come and help us We'll help you with that process of joining our church. You could do that. You could come down front and we'll help you get going down that road. Or, or you, could, you could send us an email. But let's be a faithful church. If you don't know Jesus, let me tell you something. I, I pray that you would see how Christ has changed us. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not perfect. But folks, I pray that we don't have the reputation that John articulated going up that lift. We got to be people. They're saying, Lord, we're going to follow you. If you're not walking with Jesus, follow him today. 